Welcome to It's Your Turn podcast. This is Sky, and today I want to share a conversation I had with Primal Health coach Chris Wales. Chris is a really good friend of mine. I've known him for about 15 years. He's an engineer by trade and definitely a very active guy. He is an avid bicyclist. He's into martial arts, hunting, fishing, definitely an outdoors kind of person. You know, and as I'm learning more about Chris, um, he's been living the primal lifestyle since 2012, but he's definitely been interested in all things to do with health and, and wellness and fitness all of his life. And this interest has led him down the path of wanting to help other people to get healthy and to, you know, live active into their later years. Um, he's created a really great guide, and it's um, five things that conventional wisdom gets wrong. And I'll be sure to share that that link to that free guide. Um, and he's also got a great website, chriswales.com. And so you definitely want to check that out. And so I'm excited to share. So we'll go ahead and jump right in. Hi, Chris. Good morning. First, I want to thank you for taking the time to meet up today and have this conversation. I've really been looking forward to learning more about the primal health lifestyle and behaviors that you've talked about, um, kind of learning what's going on with your business and, and what's new. And I'm really interested to learn what it is that that brought you to health coaching. Good morning. It's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. You know, working with clients is really why I started doing this is just, it's so rewarding to talk to people and educate them and help them move in the right direction. And so many people need help with where they're going. Everybody knows what to do. You know, we'll get into the conventional wisdom stuff later, but everybody, but you know, wants to make themselves better, but they just don't know how. They don't know how. And I feel like so much of it has to do with, you know, just being in this day of information and there's so much out there and there's so much misinformation out there. I mean, I do know that, you know, a lifetime of looking at health and fitness and always trying to, you know, figure out the, the formula for, in my case, you know, in the past, always more about weight loss, you know, now I'm more about getting control of my health, that type of thing. But a lot of people are still kind of stuck in the, you know, the old information that we learned and it was coming from the food industry and it was coming from the diet industry. And, and it's, it's a hard shift. I mean, I have a lot of women my age that we get that we get to talking and that still are kind of of the belief that, wow, why are you adding coconut oil to your coffee? Why would you add fat into your diet? Or we were told all those years, you don't eat more than a quarter of an avocado at a time. It's way too much fat, you know, but you can eat all the sugar you want. <laughs> and, and I know most people know more, but there still is, I think just a lot of confusion when it comes to, especially nutrition. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, like you mentioned fat, it's like, I'm a primal health coach certified trainer. Um, and one of our big pushes is fat is not your enemy. Fat is good. We use fat as a lever to curb your appetite. So we want to keep carbohydrates low. We need our protein and the rest of your diet is delicious wholesome fats, whole food fats, real fats, you know, from avocados, from coconut oil, uh, from animal products, you know, butter is great. It's delicious. Everybody loves it. There's no reason not to eat this stuff. 
it doesn't really, you know, there's not really a lot of evidence that it contributes to heart disease. This is science that's 50, 60, 70 years old that's essentially been debunked, but it's just not in the mainstream yet. You know, medicine takes decades to catch up with this. It's a very slow moving beast, but it's out there and so many people have been successful with a different approach that it's almost like studies have been done, but studies really have not been done. You know, it's like there is so much anecdotal evidence that it's hard to dispute the fact that fat is not what makes us fat. Sugar is what makes us fat. You know, you can look at, um, you know, I did a little search recently and somewhere around 40% of people in the United States are obese. Yeah. You know, 50 years ago, that wasn't the case at all. You right. know, obesity was quite rare. You know, there was, there were no electric carts at Walmart 50 years ago or 40 years or even 20 years ago. Yeah. But people have been trying to do the right thing. So they've been following government guidelines. Exactly. Or I'd probably characterize the misguidelines from the government that say to eat six to 11, I think it is servings of grain a day or whatever it is. These products turn into essentially your body digests them, it's glucose in your bloodstream, it gets stored as fat. That's the source of obesity. It's not fat. Fat is burned as a nice clean fuel in your body. So, and you're you know, going to know this more than I do, but I think I read that like our brain is made up of 70% fat. Exactly. Your, your brain is primarily composed of fat and cholesterol. You know, cholesterol has also been demonized. Uh, dietary cholesterol really has no, I shouldn't say no, very low impact on your blood cholesterol levels because it's an essential nutrient is the right word, but it's essential to your body to have cholesterol. It's part of every cell in your body. The cell membranes are all essentially made out of cholesterol. If you do not ingest enough, your body will make it. You know, your body is always striving to be in a state of what's called homeostasis, where everything is balanced properly. Right. So, you know, for example, if you do not ingest enough cholesterol, your body will make cholesterol to the level that it needs. <clears throat> and most people don't ingest enough to really matter. So the demonization of cholesterol is, has been really misguided. Um, like the LDL score that we all get. And I, I have to be honest, I'm getting a little into territory where that's beyond the scope of a health coach. Mm -hmm. But, gotcha. you know, LDL scores are really not that relevant to, say, heart disease risk. I'm sure you've probably encountered this in your, you know, in your, in your research and your, and your studying. Um, but still, that's the focus of medicine yeah. to control LDL. When people were starting to be told to reduce fat and start, you know, healthy canola yeah. oil, that's when the obesity epidemic took off. 
in the early 70s or thereabouts. That's when the first food pyramid came out. People followed it. You know, they took the advice. They want to be healthy. So they, they followed this advice. They got rid of butter. They put in margarine. They got rid of lard. They put in canola oil. And they started eating all these grains. And guess what? The obesity rate, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, all of these things skyrocket accelerating. You know, for example, type 2 diabetes used to be called adult onset diabetes because it was unheard of in kids. Now yeah. you've got kids that are three, four, five years old that have type 2 diabetes. You know, why That's is that? Right. What changed? The kids didn't yeah. change. Right. Their genetics didn't change. What changed is what we're feeding them, what they're drinking primarily. Oh, yeah. I you know, these young kids are drinking these energy drinks and, and, you know, they're living on Gatorade and they're, you know, constantly. And I do want to back up because, you know, knowing you as long as I have, um, this is your lifestyle. You, you know, this isn't something that, that you started up two years ago. You have really lived the life of, you know, with the primal um, eating plan, but I know that you're, you know, an avid biker. I know that you're into martial arts. I know that um, you're huge on just outdoors, camping, hunting, fishing, all the things. Um, but I feel like you've really been aligned with, with the nutrition and learning about it before you ever got into the coaching. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. And to even take a step beyond that, as you said, I've been into bicycling, uh, martial arts my entire life, as well as hunting and fishing, which require you know, to be in fairly good health. And yeah. back in the day, you know, before I discovered the primal lifestyle, I was all about carbohydrate loading, you know, salad with canola oil or even no oil. You know, yeah. I was low fat, high carb. And, you know, maybe it served me well at the time, but somewhere around 2010 through 2012, I started to dig a little deeper into things. And that's when I discovered the primal blueprint which is a book by a gentleman named Mark Sisson, who he had a similar path, or I had a similar path to him. Of course, he was a professional athlete. He was a, a triathlete. And what he discovered is similar to what I discovered is by going through this super hard workout patterns all the time, eating all the carbohydrates, I was like, I wouldn't say broken, but I was somewhat broken. I had achy joints, bad joints, not comfortable all the time and I started to cut out the carbohydrates you know I don't maybe they don't like so much meat but that's okay but the main thing is get out that ultra processed food sugar that's just gotta go and you yeah. just feel so much better and I just hear from so many people that it's like and, and I'm one of them because, you know, I haven't lived this, this life for the last 10 years, you know, mine was always focused on weight loss. And in the last three or four years, I went through some health challenges that really made me start wanting to just learn, like, how can I best help my health naturally? How can I clean up my environment, meaning my own system and that type of thing. But I just feel like people you can't know what you don't know. And so, so many people would come into it just thinking, well, that's unrealistic, you know? And I remember thinking that 
well, I can't just cut out sugar and processed foods. That's just unrealistic. Well, then I really took a deep dive, did an elimination diet. And the more I was learning, but it wasn't just what I was learning. It was like the better I felt, the easier it was because that's the motivation right there is feeling good, less, less um, achiness, less heaviness in my body. Just the inflammation went down so much of it. When people say, well, you know, how do you keep the willpower to eat clean like that? It's really easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It's discipline, but it's worth it, right? Like you feel so much better that I just always want to tell people until you get to that. And I'm not perfect. I have my days. And, but until you get to that other side of seeing that difference, right? The, how it's night and day, then you also understand how addictive sugar is and how much that plays into not just our weight issues, but our, and I don't know about you, but like, for me, it was like my relationship with food and that constant wanting to snack and constant thinking about food and just not being able to stop picking once I started with something sweet and, you know, always thinking, oh, you're a carb addict. No, actually sugar is addictive. (laughs) You know, it is sugar. I just was delving into a study recently, but sugar actually stimulates the same receptors in your brain that like opioids do, Yep. you know, and there's it's that release of dopamine, right? Right. And so, you know, it's a, it gives you pleasure. Yeah. And once you, once that happens, your body wants more, it's, it's pretty straight. Well, I shouldn't say straightforward, but um, it's starting to, the science is starting to, you know, support that from a scientific rather than an anecdotal, you know, anecdotally, you know that you you yeah. lived it. I know that. You know, my weakness is beer. You know, right. but if I drink some, which beers, in a sense breaks down into sugar. Yeah, it's it's still sugar, and you know, I wake up the next day, my my joints are sore, I'm achy. You know, I can feel the inflammation just like in yes. my life. You know, yeah. and it. It, that is the motivation, like you said, yes. is it's like, I don't want to feel like that. Yes. You know, so. And cognitively, and I don't know, um, you know, like, <laughs> I think this is maybe a natural at my age, you know, I'm 51 now, but like, I feel literally almost like, um, you know, as I, I think as we age, we know our, our systems and our bodies better. And it, you know, for me, I'm really tuned in the last few years, really, you know, what affects me, what foods, what, um, you know, how activity affects me, just different things. But I will feel almost like a, in a fog for a couple of days. Like it, in fact, when I'm doing like, you know, we've talked about intermittent fasting, that's when I'm really so much, have so much more clarity and I feel just more energy. It's kind of hard to explain, but anyway, yeah, the sugar is, makes a huge difference in how you feel. And, and it does motivate you to, you know, we know what to do to make ourselves not feel that way. Right. And like to your point, the, like you said, when you intermittent fast, um, or when you've been eating very low carb, you get that mental clarity that you just, it's, you can't describe it. I can't describe yeah. it. And, and you, you just mentioned, you can't really describe it, but it's there. And a lot of people talk about it. It's, it's kind of neat. And the neat thing about two is when you go for an inter- intermittent fasting, which I typically don't do 
deliberately or planned, but quite often I'll go like, for example, today, I, I've not had anything to eat today. I'm not hungry. I won't eat till I'm hungry, which probably won't be till dinner time. It won't be a deliberate thing. I'm not planning on it, but. But you're in tune and you're listening to your body. Yeah, I, that's, that's a big point is if you're not hungry, don't eat. And that's, and that's I mean, we can if keep. If you're not we, eating sugar all the time. Yeah. You don't get hungry. You're because like, when we eat sugar, our, our insulin spikes and then it crashes and then it. And then when you're hungry in 30 minutes or an hour, you're craving the same things. And it's just this cycle that, and whereas fat, like you're talking about um, eating a lot, you know, a decent amount of good quality fat, that gives you a different kind of energy and, and it's sustainable energy. And it keeps you, is the word sati satiated? Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. And, and, you know, as a little tangent, um, about fat, people are reluctant to eat fat, but everyone agrees that losing weight through fat loss is a good thing, right? Who would argue with that? When you're losing fat off your body, what are you burning? This universally healthy act, you're burning saturated fat. You're fat tissue on your body it's saturated fat when you burn that off everyone agrees that's a healthy thing to do so why wouldn't dietary saturated fat or monounsaturated fat also be healthy you know it's a kind of a you know a fallacy a logical fallacy that people if it's dietary it's bad but when you burn it off your stomach it's good right you know, so yeah. I don't know. That's that's just a little tangent. I often think of that as it's like it's it's a really good thing to burn body fat, and yet people trim it off their steak and, and throw it in the garbage and give it to the dog. That's in that's kind of yeah, good good eye opener there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know like you know, you know, cutting out the carbs and the sugar, and I'm not talking about being no carb, low carb talking about eating the good whole foods, the complex carbs, the, you know, vegetables, getting your, your carbohydrates from, you know, from whole foods, but your body kind of shifts into not using the glucose as its main energy source, right? So you're actually tapping into some of that stored fat and it's using your stored fat for energy. Is that? Yeah, that's one of the, the key concepts of like primal eating is basically we say you want to become a fat burning beast, you know, so you accustom your body to using fat for fuel rather than carbohydrates. And then you reserve those carbohydrates for maximum efforts. And over time, the level of activity that you can sustain while using fat for, for your fuel increases. Well, I was looking at your, your website. And one thing that, and if people visit chriswales.com, you know, when you talk about the lifespan versus health span, that, I mean, that it's, it's just, it's so interesting to think of that because like when we start talking about your quality of life and, you know, looking at your future health and how many, 
you know, you have your lifespan, but how much of that are you living, like you said, healthy, happy, active, right? Compared right. to, you know, when, and I like the visual on that, the chart, but like compared to a life of being on pharmaceuticals and being sick and, you know, talk about that a little bit. Cause I really, that just really made a lot of sense to, you know, the benefits of just making effort of being disciplined about, about our health. Yeah, the, you know, I think everyone's goal should be to live healthy as long as you can. I, I mentioned Mark Sisson earlier. He has a quote, in fact, in fact, I think you can buy a t-shirt that says that live long, drop dead. So your goal <laughs> should be to live a long, healthy life and have the end of life as compressed as possible. You know, it, if you live to be a hundred years old, but you are in terrible health from the time you're 70 to your hundred, you know, what good is that? You know, if all you're going to do is sit on the couch and watch TV for 30 years, you know, that's not quality life. You know, you want to be as healthy and that's as if you're possible. lucky, if you're not in and out of hospitals and you're not, you know, a, right. Right. You know, so there's, there's things you can do, you know, like I'm getting up there. Um, but my goal is to, you know, whether I live to be 70 or 90 or 110, I want to be an healthy, active, cognitively yes. alert, I guess is the word I'm looking for, uh, person right up to the end. It's easy to take the easy way and just take a medication for everything but so many things that we can do with our lifestyle we can yes. control all this stuff to a great extent it's not just you know you might you might chip away at the edges you know you can control your blood pressure to to a great degree you can control whether you get you know essentially type 2 diabetes is a totally preventable preventable and possibly condition. reversible. Yes, I would agree. It's reversible in probably in the majority of people. Mm -hmm. And it's all a lifestyle, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's not hard, but it does take some work. You know, you, you need to cut out, like we said, you know, it's, we'll say this over and over, cut out sugar, cut out processed food, get some movement in your life, you know, and when I say movement, I don't mean, you know, I don't expect you to go for a bike ride with me or, or, you know, hit the mat. Right, not everybody's me. an athlete in that sense. Yeah. Right. But movement only really needs to be go for a walk, take your dog for a walk, you know, get out, get some fresh I just, air, get some sunshine. Yes. And I feel know. like when I, when I talk about, you know, kind of my, what I specialize in with, with women, especially, but with weight loss is, you know, and that's not on a superficial level. It's on a, you know, carrying all this excess weight is not good for our health. I mean, the inflammation, even just the extra excess fat causes in our body and inflammation is, you know, the main driver to most chronic illnesses. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. but when you were talking about, when you were talking about, um, like high blood pressure, you know, I heard this one analogy that I just have to share real quick, but so many of us, 
and, and I'm included, like you just kind of were raised to trust your doctors, right? They know what they're doing. They have all the training and the expertise. I, I, I don't have those expertise. Um, but before I really started looking into like the functional medicine and how you can get to the root causes of what's causing these issues, um, you know, I heard an analogy that stuck with me and it's like taking medication for blood pressure is like taking the batteries out of the smoke alarm. Exactly. Like our body is telling us that something is off. And so I have, you know, I know many people my age and younger who have had to get on and, you know, by no means would I ever say that they shouldn't be on it, but it's like taking the batteries out. Like, you know, it's going to come up in other ways. There's something that, that in your lifestyle and your nutrition and, you know, something in your health that you know, you're just kind of suppressing with medication and that medication is going to end up with other side effects. And it's, you know, and then you're on another medication and you just head down that whole, you know, and I'm not judging people for being on medication. Like I said, like, I feel like when you go to your doctor, you want to trust them. Um, it, um, on the other hand, it's, it's great to have these scientifically backed guidelines. Like I see that you're doing like a 12 week kind of a blueprint maybe to help people to guide them towards better health and better nutrition. The other thing I want to point out is, you know, when we talk about high blood pressure and um, maybe high cholesterol, it's not to say that genetics don't play a role in that because, you know, genetics do play a role in, you know, the hands that were dealt. But again, I'm all about analogies, but, you know, they say, our lifestyle is like the fuel that we're putting on, on the hand that we're dealt. So maybe we have autoimmunity, maybe we have diabetes that may be in our genetics, but we are, our lifestyle is kind of what's turning that on, right? Right. That's a big, again, going back to the primal blueprint, that's one of the big concepts of primal blueprint is uh, it's the, it's called epigenetics, which means above our genes. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, we're all dealt a set of cards that are our genes that we inherited from our parents. But most of our genes are the same. We're all human beings, right? We have different hair color, different eye color, but most of our genes are the same. And you may have a, a tendency towards a certain condition, but you certainly have some control. You may not be able to eliminate you know, a familial disposition to a certain condition, say obesity or you know, overweight or whatever, but you got, you definitely have some control over it. You can minimize it. Yeah. So the genetics, you can control them and it's all in the inputs you give your body. Our body expects a certain set of inputs. Sitting on the couch and eating chips is not one of the good ones. You know, our body expects good, wholesome food. Our body also expects to go without food for periods of time. You know, like yeah. we talked about intermittent fasting, our body evolved to intermittent fast because there were periods of time through our evolution where there was just no food available. You know, so you would go without food for a while, then you would fat or excuse me, uh, feast when food was available. And again, you might go for a long time without eating again, maybe days. So our body has developed mechanisms to account for that. 
you know, you, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't spend your life as a yo-yo dieter <laughs> as I have. So I was so, I went through the whole thing my whole life since I was probably 11 years old and they always pushed all these small meals. Don't ever let yourself get hungry. Eat every, right. you know, eat six, eight small meals a day. And so we have learned, you know, to graze all day long. And we have also gotten so out of touch with what actual hunger means and what it feels like even, right? Because we don't really allow ourselves to get hungry. You wake up and that's the other myth is so many people are like, you know, eat that big breakfast. That's, that's going to, you know, break your fast. And it's the most important meal of the day. Get up and eat breakfast. I mean, there's so many things that I just want to like, you know, I'm working on a program, a part of that, as far as, you know, kind of a blueprint, like you said, is debunking some of these things that we just believe because that's what we were told. But like you said, we don't need to eat all day. We don't need to snack all day. I think a good starting place for people would be even eating three square meals a day and cutting out the snacking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if not getting exactly. into a little bit of pushing that out a little bit and, and you know, uh, adapting a little bit of intermittent fasting into your day, but certainly not, we don't need to eat all day long. Right. And, you know, that's one of the things that I try to stress to a client is if you're hungry, eat a meal. If you are truly hungry, don't have a snack, you know, eat a meal, get some protein. Carbs are fine. If they're from the proper sources, which would be fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. get some fat, satisfy yourself. Yes. And then that will carry you through till the next meal. It's and then you're letting like, your, you know, the inflammation, your digestive system, you're letting everything have a break in between instead of just all day long. Right. Yeah, it's everybody gets on a roller coaster and, you know, you know, like they say, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So what do you have? A bowl of cereal. And right. it's just, a, you know, those carbohydrates, those grains, they hit your stomach, they get digested. You know what they are when they hit your bloodstream? Sure. sure. It's all glucose. Sugar. It all turns into glucose. It and that's that's one thing. And you probably get this with people that you work with is. I'm telling you, and this, this would be me too. So I'm not judging, but I would, I would be somebody who a few years ago would have said, I don't really eat that much sugar. I don't really have a sweet tooth. And it's, you know what I mean? And then now I know it's like, wow, there's so much hidden sugar, which equals processed foods. But also like, I don't look at uh, pasta and rice and bread and pitas, you know, bagels that were supposedly healthy. I didn't look at those as sugar. So when people think they don't eat a lot of sugar, and I know people who say they don't eat a lot of sugar, but they don't understand how much is sugar the minute it hits your system, right? Oh, it's everywhere. You can hardly buy a product in the, in the store. Yeah, ketchup. I don't need ketchup anymore. Just any of the dressings, reason. basically. I mean, there's so much and it. Yeah. Basically, to me, if you're not eating whole foods, you know, and I eat some of the minimal, minimally processed foods, I try to kind of stick with the low ingredients and, you know, I'm not, you know, hundred percent whole foods, but I really try to lean that way as much as I can salad soups, you know, those kinds of things. But if you're eating processed foods, you're eating a lot of sugar period. Yeah. And that's one of the things that came along with the low fat. Movement, yes. Oh, the low fat. Is when they took the fat out of foods, if you take the fat out of food, it tastes terrible. So what do you do to compensate for that? You add sugar. So, yeah. so processed foods, you look at processed foods in the second or third ingredients, always 
sugar. It's usually grains, sugar, followed by some terrible crappy oil like, you know, soybean oil or cottonseed oil. You know, the three things that I avoid as much as I can. Yeah. You know, and like you said, nobody's perfect. You know, yeah. I, I, stuff happens. You know, you go out to dinner. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to get crazy, be difficult about it. You know, it's like we yeah. go to the restaurant, I'll do the best I can. That's yes. all you can do. I try to um, tell myself 90, 90, 10, because if 10% of the time I'm not able to, or I don't, or I'm having a day or whatever, I, as, as a chronic dieter, anyway, I don't want to get into that mindset of beating myself up and getting off track and feeling like I just threw my diet because I'm not on a diet. You know what I mean? So I had to get out of that, that mentality, the on and off, you know, dieting mentality, get into a lifestyle mindset. And that's been a lot of work. And that's what I work with, with women really to just always look forward. If you have a bad day, you get up the next day and you keep moving forward and you try to make good choices the next day. Right. Right. And the part of, part of the whole process, you know, the coaching process working with clients is to make, to let people understand it's like, you don't need to be perfect. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to have a piece of pizza, have a piece of pizza. You know, if, if, if it brings joy to your life to sit down with your family and eat a pizza, yeah. you're educated, you know what you're doing. Hopefully you've achieved the point of flexibility that your body can deal with it. You know, I'm not saying eat a whole pizza. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah. if you have, if that's what you have for dinner and you have a great time doing it and you enjoy, you get some social time, that's well worth it. Yeah. You don't want to feel like you're depriving yourself of something that, that you really enjoy, but would you agree? Like, I just always hope that people will give it enough chance to get some momentum, to feel how it feels before they're too loose. You know what I'm saying with really, you know, if you're going to start off trying to do some change, big changes in your life that you want to change your lifestyle to really make that decision, really, you know, go all in and see how it feels, allow yourself to, to be on the other side of that, to see how that feels. And then you feel like you've got a little bit more momentum and to where you can kind of have that day where you have something, but knowing that you're, you're getting back right. on track because that's how you feel good. Yeah. The first three or four weeks, you, you really need to be strict. Yeah. Um, because you're trying to break a sugar addiction. You're trying to detox. What is what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, I would even say it should be longer than that, but that's a bit of a stretch. Sure. You know, the 21 days is the, you know, the, what they say is the minimum time to uh, develop a habit or break a habit. So, you know, three or four weeks is how long, you know, you need to be strict during that time. And then after that, our client now knows it's like, okay, that's, not what I should be doing, but you know, you can try it and they know how, see how you react. They, they know that they feel better. And then you're just a little bit more aware when you do have those days that you kind of get off track, or maybe you, you know, you really kind of went off the rails and had a, then you were, you're really going to experience how different your body feels, your joints, your, the inflammation in your body, exactly. you know, just your energy level. I mean, that's energy level to me. When I, when I speak with women, one of their main goals are usually, I want more energy because that's kind of the beginning of wanting to just, you know, start moving more and being excited about making changes in your life, just getting that energy. And I'm telling you, when you're eating, you know, a diet high in sugar, that, that sucks the energy right out of you. Yeah. 
and you know to your point on the energy and you use you use the word momentum and that's one of the things we really need to do is get you know you get that momentum going it's like well yeah. i haven't had i haven't had grains and sugar in in three or four weeks i feel great yeah i'm more apt to get up and move i'm yes. you know i have the energy i don't want to sit sit around i want to be out doing something and you get that momentum going and once after a while you know it just becomes the lifestyle you know yes. you you pick it up and off you run with that ball and that's why you know like with like i have a 12-week program um because it takes that long yeah. you know you, you it really does take at least that long and to get people really feeling it and really making the changes. Yeah. It falls apart by a week, about week seven or eight. Okay. Because by now there's a relationship. Um, some of the things that are in my program resonate with people, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't resonate with them, I'm not gonna say, no, you have to do this, this is my program, you have to do this you know our goal is to find what works for you or for and to improve person and if 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 i recommend something that it just doesn't work in their life everybody's got their own set of circumstances then we trash it we you know we we emphasize what does work you know we remove what is they can remove we add what they can't add we don't you know, we can't be dogmatic about it where we say there's only one way because there's not an only one way. Everybody's and the hope different. is that they're they're making progress and that they're improving their health and they're taking those steps because again, with the momentum, you know, as for myself, you know, going through kind of a weight loss transformation years ago, <clears throat> that built the momentum for me to start taking care of my psoriasis. It built more, it just, it builds your your self-worth and your want to take care of yourself. And so even if it's something that maybe doesn't align with them right away, you know, your hope is that through the progress and through the improvements that they're going, it's going to eke out. And, you know, then they've got the knowledge. It's like, when we know better, we do better. And so, you know, I like that idea of, of really <clears throat> giving people the clear information, right? Right. So yeah, everything that way they can make informed decisions. You know, if if you know, back to the pizza example, if I'm going to have a piece of pizza, I'm having a piece of pizza. If my son wants to get a pizza for dinner, that's what we're going to do because it's great. Right. Um, I know what I'm doing. It may not be perfect for my health, but you know what? On my base or the base we want to build for people, it's not. You know, I'm not going to drop dead tomorrow because I had a piece of pizza today. Right. You know, maybe it'll take two hours off my life at the end. So be. I've been on your website before, and and I was checking it out this morning. And, you know, when you talk about your primal lifestyle, that kind of encompasses nutrition, fitness, sleep, stress management, sun, play, and intellectual enrichment. So, like, is the play is that like the movement and and being active? The play would encompass, um, yeah, movement, being active, uh, throwing a ball for your dog, throwing a frisbee, throwing a football. You know, basically, with play, is it's an activity where we don't care what the outcome is. You know, I'm just. It's relaxing and really just having yes. fun. 
It, it's you're just having fun. And it could be playing in the sun on the beach, could be your play. Um, but it's just a, an opportunity to not necessarily have your mind too engaged in, in stressful things. You just, you know, we've, you all see kids play. They're so carefree, Careless, yeah. you know, it, it's, and it's just great for your, for your stress. Your well-being. Your yeah. Stress. You know, just kind of encompassing all the different areas of our life that we need to relax. We need to pay attention to our nutrition and sleep is so huge. Oh my goodness. When I straightened out my sleep, it made the biggest difference. Did it really? And that's not until fairly recently. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of crazy about it now, but, you know, I want no light. I want a pitch black room. Yeah. Um, I go to bed way earlier than I used to. It's almost embarrassing how, bit, how early I go to bed <laughs> some nights, but I feel so much better. I wake up in the morning. I feel great. Um, I'm seven and a half hours. I've nailed that down. Okay. So I know if I want to get up at a certain time in the morning, if I go to bed seven and a half hours before that, I will wake up on time without an alarm. You know, it's just, okay. that's the, and that's the benefits how I am. And how much lack of sleep affects, you know, touch on kind of the struggles with, with our hormones for women and weight loss and such. But when you are not getting the rest you need, you know, your hormones are out of whack and then you've got constant hunger pains and those hunger pains mm -hmm. are, you know, definitely craving carbs. And it's just, it just kind of sets you up to fail. Yeah. And <laughs> with, it interferes with burning as well. Yeah. So, and your cognitive yes. <clears throat> presence just is better when you get good sleep. Definitely. There are a lot of things you can do to improve your sleep. You, you know, there's, I should probably write a. What's on your short list? Um, dark room, mm -hmm. stay off of media. Yeah. For at least an hour or two before. And, you know, a lot of people say it's. Because that the changes light. the melatonin, our natural melatonin in our body, I learned, right? Exactly. Um, and a lot of people say it's the blue light. And I, scientifically, I don't know. I can't really answer that, but I tend to give credence, credence because a lot of uh, reputable people say that is the case. But the other part of it is the mental stimulation you get from it. You know, so if I spend an hour right before I go to bed on my computer or on my phone reading the news, stuff that gets me angry or, yeah. you know, stuff that gets my get your wheels turning yeah that interferes with your sleep so the you know the best thing you can do is read do nothing i do qigong sometimes for a half hour before bed and what is um, that qigong is a oh okay i'm getting woo on people now but it is a meditative like meditative uh it's a chinese practice of um meditative exercises it's mainly physical and breathing. Okay. So uh, it's very relaxing, clears your mind, you know, like I said. You know what I would love? I would love to have a, the idea of a good practice of, of meditation for people who want to get started, kind of like the 101 of meditation. I would love to do 
a separate podcast where you kind of take us through that, like an actual session. I don't know if that's something that you could share. I don't know if it's like that. I'm interested to learn something like that. I would love to get into that kind of practice because I have learned so much that, you know, being able to just quiet your mind and get into a meditative practice, how much that helps our creativity, um, you know, just clarity in your life. It just brings in so many good things. I would perhaps do something like yeah. that, but that would have to be down the wire because I'm, I'm a beginner myself. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of great online resources. Yeah. Um, for that sort of thing, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to clear your mind because yeah. those thoughts of you know, just your daily stuff, what's going mm -hmm. on at work, you know, I gotta get, take the car to get the oil changed, that stuff. It's hard to get that stuff out of your mind. And But that is the goal, to practice, to, to train your mind, to have that break, right. is that correct? I mean, you're... Yeah, you're, you want to be just, in the moment in with yourself and it's very difficult i'm not successful all the time but yeah you know you keep trying and it gets better every time i yeah. i would say you know if there's a way we can help ourselves naturally to bring down anxiety to bring down stress which in turn you know reduces the cortisol in our body reduces the there's just so much to it right absolutely and, and i think that's been demonstrated a lot of times that yeah people you know, meditation, it's a, it's a powerful thing. Getting into a meditation practice is probably as hard as changing your diet because wow. I, I, I think people are just like, I, I hate to use the term woo woo again, because, but mm -hmm. people think, oh, that's just woo woo stuff, but uh, it's not. And there's a lot of ways, you know, there are certain things that are meditative that you wouldn't think of as meditation, you sure. know, like people who, you know, you've heard of the runner's high where people go for a run and, and, you know, it's been around forever. They call it the runner's high that, you know, that's a meditative state. Your yeah. mind is clear. You're focused on you're one completely thing. present. Yeah. You're, you're 100% present in yeah. the moment and yeah. that's meditative. So, you know, maybe for some people, med a meditative practice would be I'm going to go sit in the woods. No, that definitely. Yeah. And I've, and I've heard people saying that um, gardening is that for them. Like that quiets their mind that brings them present into the moment that clears all their thoughts, you know? Um, but you're right. It would be really hard to um, I'm really interested in it. And when you say things that are kind of woo woo to people, I think this has been my biggest realization this last year of how powerful our minds are bringing good things into our into our life by, you know, like our thoughts create our outcome. And, you know, even when it comes to like manifesting things into your life, to me, it's more about the things that you, you're, you're focusing on that you're looking evidence for. Like I'm looking for evidence that things are going to fall into place for me in certain ways. And I'm not looking for evidence of, oh, nothing ever goes right. Nothing, you know, because mm -hmm. then that's how it plays out. <laughs> so I guess I'm just exactly. saying like our minds are so powerful. And so I think all this mind work and meditation and mindful practices, imagery. I love imagery. I use that a lot. I didn't know it was even a thing, but all my life I have been able to kind of tap into things that I want to happen and just really spend some time every day focusing on it. Because once you attach emotion to things that you want to see play out, it just becomes more real and real to you. And, and then inevitably I feel like 
you head down that path. It's just, it's interesting. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I agree. And, and your outlook, you know, yeah. at any event, you can, it's how you react to it. It's not the event itself. You know, yeah. your reaction to any event is what affects your stress. So, you know, like our interpretation. Yeah. You know, yeah. silly example, you get stuck in traffic. Oh, I'm going to be late. Okay. You can be all negative about it. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. Well, you know what? Guess what? Maybe if you hadn't got stuck in traffic, you'd have been in an accident two miles down the road. So it's really right. a good thing. You know, right. you can attach. <laughs> However you look at it. Yeah. It's how you look at it. You can attach different outcomes to pretty much everything and, yeah. you know, reframe things into a, a positive aspect instead of always framing things in a negative yeah which and is being difficult in, being intentional too about you know what you allow into your day and into your psyche I mean like I have to intentionally listen to like I know you said you're a big podcaster and I think that because it's things that you're interested in and it's it's good positive energy that you're listening to and it for me I mean I always have something on in my car and it's usually one of two people that I really follow because they really inspire me and they really I just start my day feeling positive and energetic and you know yeah no I agree I I listen to I'm always listening to something yeah. and you know years ago I used to be a big news junkie okay and then I had I realized that God, the news is depressing. You know, yeah. it 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 drags you down. So anymore, I still follow the news, but it, you know, I'll check a couple websites first thing in the morning. You know, see what's going on, or you know, has a nuclear war started yet? Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, good. then I close that out and move on to like you said, more positive things. You know, people talking. Yeah. You know, about things that make me feel good or educate me. I'm usually yeah. looking for educational stuff. Yeah, but like I, your love I, of learning for sure comes through. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely from way back, it sounds like you've always been interested in bettering your health and, and what you can learn to improve your life and people around you. And yeah, it's it's really morphed into wanting to help people. Yeah. Because it's just like I've said it before, it's it's rewarding. It's it's really cool when people um People say, oh, you know what you what you told me? It's like that really helped. I, I feel so much better. It's like, oh. yeah. Well, and I wanted to, to mention for sure. And you're I'm gonna definitely post a link to this, but I know it's on your website also. Um, your guide that you made up, the four things conventional wisdom gets wrong about health and weight loss and weight loss. It's such a good read, and it's you know, it's a nice short but overall picture, and it really, you know helps to debunk some of the things that we were talking about when it comes to the myths about, about fat and about, you know, the, the old food pyramid. And this is really going to help a lot of people. Well, I hope so. Uh, you know, that's only four things, <laughs> but you know, people aren't aware of that. So I, I wrote that to ho hopefully people can look at that and it's like, well, that, you know, that's a, that kind of rings true. And, you know, one of the things I, one of the topics that I talked about in there was exercise will make you lose weight. You know, exercise is like the fountain of youth. I'm a strong proponent of exercise, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a good way to lose weight. It's not a good weight loss strategy at all. No. Because 
people typically exercise at a level that's too high. We talked about the fat burning, the math heart rate earlier. Yeah. Um, if you're exercising to at too high a rate, which is what you usually, you know, if you go to the gym, there's people on the Stairmaster and on the treadmill and they're sweating and they're just burning carbohydrates. And then they think they're doing, you know, they think they're doing the right thing. No pain, no gain, right? But then when they're done, their body is just craving carbohydrates to replenish what they just burned. Wow. They didn't really burn a significant amount of fat while they were doing it. And then they're probably going to eat more carbohydrates than they actually burned too. So it's a, it's a net loss. It's a net step in the wrong direction. You know, it's just, con but it's the conventional wisdom. Who doesn't, you know, we've all, you and I have probably both done this is what, and then you know, people, you know, they exercise and exercise and exercise, but they still gain a pound or two every year. Well, year. I love, again, my analogies, but get fit in the gym, lose weight in the kitchen has always stuck with me. And it's, you know, like you can't outrun a bad diet, however you want to say right. it, it is so true. And it doesn't matter how much you're exercising. I mean, I, I would always, you know, put out there that if you want to do some you know, if you want to speed up your metabolism and you want to um, get your body in fat burning mode a little longer throughout the day, do some strength training, you know, add in some strength training to your week. I mean, for, for women, well, men too, but it increases your bone density that we're slowly losing as our estrogen levels go down for women. Um, but the afterburn for strength training, you're actually burning more calories than if you were to run for two hours, because when you're done with that, it hasn't really changed. Uh, the afterburn as they say yeah and the strength training you know that takes us back to the longevity uh, people who approach old age with more strength and more bone density which is what you know weight training or strength training is going to do mm -hmm. they live a longer better life because you know you we've all you probably know somebody or related to somebody who, you know, elderly person falls, breaks a hip. They're, they're fragile. You know, they're frail. Then that's the end of their life. They didn't yeah. die from a broken hip, but they died from the complications of laying in a hospital bed for yeah. months or, you know, whereas if you're, if you got good bone density, which you get from strength training, if you got good muscle mass that you get from strength training, when you fall down, you can catch yourself. Yeah. Maybe your reaction time is quicker. So you don't even fall down in the first place. If you do, you don't get hurt as bad. You don't break that bone. And guess what? You get up and go on with your life. Whereas people who allow themselves to become old and frail, yeah. you know, it's and sedentary. It's, it's tragic, yeah. really. It, it um, really is. No, for sure. And I feel like, you know, as we age, a lot of us are of the mindset. That's just the natural progression. But I guess the whole point is there's so much that we can do to be proactive and to live, uh, you know, like you said, your health span to make that longer it, within your lifespan, you know, that's, and, and strength training for sure. Even if it was three times a week, 20 minutes, you know, just to get on a basic routine. And that's part of what I'm definitely going to add into my kind of my blueprints for women, you know, like to get daily movement and activity, but the strength training really is what's going to, A, it's going to help with your weight loss because it will help to speed up your metabolism, the afterburn, but more importantly, like you said, the bone density and just longevity. So that's huge. And so I have to ask, you know, as far as, you know, your personalized 
lifestyle and nutrition coaching. And I know when you say, you know, it includes primal behaviors, what exactly does that look like? I mean, not exactly, but overall, I'm, is it, you know, because people might compare it to paleo or the Mediterranean, you know, how does this fall? Well, I'll tell you, the primal eating pattern is, there, there's actually a primal pyramid. Um, and basically, to sum it up, eat lots of plants and animals. Plants and animals. You know, eliminate sugar, eliminate grains, you know, to the extent that you can, of course. Um, eliminate seed oils and eat lots of plants and animals. Now, you mentioned paleo. Primal and paleo had a, they're very similar. Okay. And in fact, now, you know, when I first started looking at primal, there was a little divergence between primal and paleo. Paleo did not allow dairy. You know, it was like, it, it was defined by someone. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We know where in the primal blueprint, we try and be more flexible in that. If you can tolerate dairy, fine, eat dairy. You okay. know, some people can, some people can't. Some people are lactose intolerant. Other people can tolerate it fine. Uh, as long as it's full fat, you know, the best quality dairy that you can afford, mm -hmm. then it's fine to eat. Um, but there's no rules. You know, the when I see, say, eat lots of plants and animals, that's a lot of different things. You know, nuts, seeds, you know, monounsaturated and uh, saturated fats. You know, all those things are good. But I don't like to be, or I don't want to be dogmatic about it where I say, this is the only way, this is the way, because yeah. it may not be the way for somebody else. You know, maybe somebody else doesn't want to eat, say, beef. Okay, fine. Can we eat fish, chicken, please. <laughs> and, you know, there's a right. lot of ways, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, yeah. And the Mediterranean diet, there's a lot of controversy on Mediterranean diet because what is that? Um, but basically, it's very, really very similar in the Mediterranean diet. I think they would stress a lot of vegetables and uh, well, there's a lot of fish and seafood in the Mediterranean yeah. diet. And that's certainly not objectionable in, you know, a primal way of eating. Okay. Um, the biggest thing, in my opinion, with any diet is, you know, whether you want to call it Mediterranean, primal, paleo, low fat, even low fat, high carb, as long as you're cutting out the ultra processed garbage that yes. so many people eat, that's a huge step in the right direction. Yes. You know, if you don't want to eat avocados and you'd rather eat potatoes and sweet potatoes, I don't care. That's better than eating something that came out of a box at the Absolutely. grocery store. You know, so, it's always a step in the right direction to get away yeah. from the processed food. Okay. Because it's interesting because before, you know, us talking about your coaching practice and that type of thing and learning more about primal eating from you in the past. Um, when I hear that, I almost thought it was more of a carnivore type, like, you know what I mean? I didn't realize it was so well-rounded and, and whole foods and right. More like a, right. The emphasis definitely is, uh, on veg. There's tons, you know, I eat tons of vegetables, you know, I yeah. love them. 
Um, and I would encourage you are to a that. great cook too. some of the, you know, I encourage you to on oh, your website, you. I got to say, why not start posting some of the, cause I've had some of the desserts that you've made. What was that dark chocolate you brought to, um, the camp? I oh. think it was, it was a dark chocolate. Maybe it had plums. No, it was prunes actually. Prunes. It's oh. a, actually, I, the name of it escapes me. Apparently it's it was so good. Polish, um, fish, but it was, um, an almond inside a prune dipped in 90% dark chocolate. Christmas is coming up, Chris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I want. <laughs> it's so simple. It is but delicious. You, but you that's know, what I'm saying. Things like that are simple for you, but, but, you know, I would love to see like a guide come out with some of these simple to you recipes that I would have never thought of. And I would love to try things like that, but I always kind of, and I still in that way, I'm still kind of stuck on your, just your basic vegetables. I don't really I don't try different things. And I know now how important like the phytonutrients and the different colors and the different benefits of them, but yet it's, it's nothing that I grew up doing and eating. And so it's a very conscious effort for me to try different things. So I would love to see some of the, your simple <laughs> recipe. Um, another thing that I really enjoy doing is fermenting foods. Okay. So like I make my own. Which is great for gut health, right? Oh yeah. That's what they say. I feel great, so it must yeah. be good, right? Yeah. Um, but I make my own sauerkraut. I've got fermented beets out of my garden, uh, wow. beans, uh, jardinero with cauliflower and carrots and all that good stuff. You know, and, and fermenting is, it's fun. It's so easy and it's good for you and it's delicious. Yeah. You know, it's, there's, there's so many neat things you can do. And, you know, like I needed another hobby, right? But, um, <laughs> Right, right. But it's it's actually simple. I'm probably going to make sauerkraut this afternoon. I should probably film it maybe and put it, throw it on the website. You, but you know why not do these quick quick clips? That would be amazing. I mean, because to you it's it's really simple. I wouldn't know where to start with a lot of these things just because. I mean, I I know I can search things and stuff like that. But when somebody like you who you know this is this is how you live and sharing just kind of your everyday things would be really insightful to people who don't, who wanted to kind of aspire to, to, you know, head in that direction, you know, and we were talking about, I think when we talk about like mentioning paleo, primal, Mediterranean, you know, like you said, the whole foods, um, clean protein, get rid of the bad oils, get rid of the processed foods. But I also like, like, I would never say the ketogenic diet isn't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure every different plan has, has it, health benefits, but to me, it's more about what can you sustain in your life? What, what aligns with you enough that you can see yourself doing this in two years? Because a lot of people, and I am included in this category a few years back, um, you know, doing like the keto, right. For a quick weight loss, you know, like diet and yes, it does work. But the one thing I want to stress to people is just like, that's, if you're doing it for two months and then you go off the rails for two weeks and then you get back on it. That's not a lifestyle. That is a maintenance plan. You're just, do you know what I mean? Like that's, it doesn't right. align with you. You don't enjoy it. It's not your way of life. And not to say, I mean, it might evolve into that, but I'm just, if it doesn't, if it's something that's a lot of work and you're fighting against it and you're having to just white knuckle it, that's really not going to work for you. And it's not a lifestyle. So you got to find the parts that you're willing to sustain. Right. I a hundred percent agree. If you're, if you have to, my whole goal would be that you don't have to work at it at all. It's just, it is what it is. You love it. You, you know, enjoy it. I, you feel good. Yeah. It's not, 
what am I going to eat today that what do I have is to primal eat? approved? It's just, I open my fridge and what's in there? It's like, you know, it's all pretty much primal approved because that's what I eat. Yeah. I don't even have to think about it. I and it wouldn't happen it. overnight for people, but it certainly can happen over time. Right. They Incrementally, you you get there. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, and that's what we try and do. You know, you get rid of the get rid of the bad, bring in the good. You know, that's a big part of it is replacing things. Yes. And you know, that's another actual this is another tangent, but that's one of the one of the trouble points is people say, okay, I can't have grains. What Therefore, am I losing? they're going for the the grain free muffins or trying to bake um replacement foods and that's often a bad path you know it's it's okay if it gets you to the goal but it's just not a good approach i don't think to try and replace all these foods it's just just like you just kind of realize that you don't need that stuff no that's interesting you say that because <clears throat> you know so i'm cutting out the sugar and the flowers and things at least the white flowers and, and all that and so i had tried this great recipe and it was you know three ingredients it was a banana bread <clears throat> but I'm telling you I ended up eating that whole loaf of bread because it kind of triggered me it was kind of like you know ooh, banana bread and it and it was good because you know it was just the, the bananas and I'm um, trying to think what I use for a sweetener but it was all natural but I don't make that very often because that's really not you know like I'm really trying to eat whole foods and make good soups and, and salads and you know just whole foods and that's really not, not to say there's anything wrong with it. And I'm, you know, there are great recipes and I think it's great to treat yourself and learn ways to make healthier options of desserts for your family and stuff, right? But I know what you're saying with that. Right. Yeah, my daughter made, could have been the same recipe, some banana, and I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It's like, well, this is delicious. And, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, well, where'd the banana bread go? You yeah. know, it's like, I mean, it was good. Right. It is not an unhealthy thing, but, it is probably when you eat the whole not, loaf though, really. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best choice to eat, right. you know, the whole thing. And that you can't out-exercise a bad diet and that it's all energy balance. My point being, just because I'm eating healthy, you know, if I eat 6,000 calories worth of olive oil every day, I'm going to gain weight. Right. You know, so there is some truth to the calories in, calories out. You know, of course, it makes perfect sense, right? But there's also limits to, you know, I, I, I can overeat anything and gain weight. Yeah. But the, the beauty of the lower carb approach is that typically you're just not hungry. I was just going to say, that's, that's what I got out of it when I read it is that, and, and I would have never been able to say this two years, three years ago, when you are fueling your body with nutrients and food that it, that it requires it, you know, down to a cellular level, I guess. But when you're, when you're fueling your body with the right types of foods, it's crazy how you're more satisfied and you don't think about eating as often for somebody like me, who's a foodie. And it, it, it changed my relationship with food. It, you, you do eat less. And I think it's a lot has to do with the higher fat content that does keep you know, even in your mind, I mean, it does definitely keeps you um, sustained longer, but it's, it's amazing. And you do touch on that in your guide 
yeah. mentioning that because that's true. I wouldn't have thought so. I would have thought I would have been hungrier because I'm not getting things that I thought, you know, I really liked. But boy, when you're eating the right types of foods, your body doesn't need a whole as much. <laughs> right. And it's it's just more satisfying. You know, yeah. it's like it's hard to overeat. You know, me probably all done it, right? You <laughs> right. you if you got a 24 ounce steak in front of you, you know, if you eat that whole thing, you don't want another bite. No. But you can throw a pan of brownies in front of you. Yes. And plow right I can, through that. I could eat and bowls and bowls more. of rice. Yes. No, it's so yeah. true. It's so true. Yeah. Same with I feel like like my midday snack a lot has been, <clears throat> you know, almonds. I mean, I always try to get either the the dry roasted or just natural. Um, so they're not in the bad oils, but like, you know, nuts and seeds, <clears throat> uh, cheese, different things like that you get to the point where you just, you can't eat anymore. You know, whereas right. if I was eating potato chips, I could have ate the whole bag and kept on going. It's, it's so funny because it, it must just be the triggers. Well, potato chips and, and, and that sort of food, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole other discussion because, you know, that food's engineered to make yeah, you eat right. more. You know, that stuff is engineered in a laboratory to make it so that you can, you know, like that's their slogan that you can't eat just one for is it Lay's potato chips, <laughs> you know, right. because it's hard. They're delicious. Yeah. And they trigger everything, you know, the, the crunch, the mouthfeel, the they got, you know, and then the, the sugar part they of add it. sugar. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> so you just yeah. need to learn to stay away from that stuff or if But it do, doesn't happen overnight. That's one thing like I, I remember like I did my elimination diet. So, I mean, we're talking whole foods down to the, I, I didn't, you know, I cut out dairy and a lot of things at that point, um, trying to get a handle on my inflammation, but it didn't happen overnight. Like it took my brain a while to catch up with the fact that my habits were that I wanted to snack and eat all day. It took me a while to learn to listen to my body and actual, you know, feelings of hunger and things um, to pretty soon I was recognizing like, wow, I just, you know, I haven't eaten in four hours and I haven't even thought about it. And it was just, it's just, it changed my relationship with food, eating whole foods. So I encourage people to not, you know, a lot of people say, well, I didn't feel good when I ate this way. Well, in the first couple of weeks, you know, you're cutting out sugar, you're going through some withdrawals, you know, some of the habits, some of the comfort foods that, you know, mm -hmm. that you'll kind of learn to replace and, and deal with those emotions differently. But it does take a little bit of time. There's, there's a curve there. It doesn't not happen in two weeks. Yeah, and there are physical symptoms to quitting sugar. You know, yes. there is a withdrawal period. Oh, the um, headaches, the lethargy. Yeah, in the in the ketogenic community, they call it the keto flu. Yeah. Um, back in the day, it was called the Atkins flu. You know, your right. your body goes through its a lethargy, and you know, there's there's a few things you can do to you know help, but it's you know it's like quitting any other drug I would yeah. you know use the term loosely um your body has to adjust to it so yeah it's, it can be rough for yeah. the first couple of weeks but it, and I, it I noticed away. that yeah I noticed you know like when you stop eating process when you stop eating processed foods um how much less sodium you're getting in your diet and so that was one thing like I was getting headaches when I was doing this and I read up the more I read I was you know I learned that I really need to get a good you know quality sea salt in my diet and and really up my salt intake because that was one thing that was my electrolytes were just kind of 
thrown off because you get so much sodium in in your processed foods, right? Right. Yeah, electrolytes are one of the biggest levers you can pull when you're when you're when you're quitting sugars and processed foods. Yeah. Yes, you need to get good electrolytes. Sea salt's a great source for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, this has been awesome. I'm excited about the things coming up, you know, for you and your business. And is that kind of, are you customizing your coaching program? Is it kind of a 12 week program? And then it's more individualized once, once you get in working with somebody. Yeah. It, as I mentioned, it falls apart after a while, you know, everybody <laughs> starts off at the same place, which right. is essentially, like I said, we're going to be trying to eliminate sugar processed foods but uh, you know some people you know it's baby steps what what I typically am going to do is we'll talk it over and we're going to set some goals you know mm -hmm. and what I would what I do is I check in with every everyone on a weekly basis you know every two weeks we have a long talk that's usually an educational uh, session okay. the alternate weeks it's maybe a 20-30 minute check-in how you doing? Did you reach your goals? That sort of thing. And sometimes the goals are, they sound easy to us, but sometimes the goals might end up being as simple as, okay, I want you to just have three Cokes today instead of five. Well, you got to meet people where they're at. Yeah. You got to meet people where they're at. And yeah. that's, but get back to the, to the momentum. So the whole thing is really, the, the educational portion of it is, you know, I'm going to bring people through steps on teaching okay. them which is i think that's amazing that's so important because in order for me someone like me to give up sugar i want to know why i want to understand i want to you know have that motivation of this is what it's doing to my body and so <clears throat> the fact that you're taking people through that piece where they you know they get it right and some people are really interested and want to know like you said you want to know why what's the physiology some people they don't care about that they yeah. just like, what do I, what do I need to do? And how are you going to help me do it? So, you know, but like I said, you set goals, you know, some, some people, you know, like the, the ripping off the bandaid, you know, it's like, I'm quitting everything right now. It's like, okay, we check in and we how'd that go. Well, not so good. It's like, okay, so let's set some smaller goals this time. Yeah. You know, yeah. do this. I, I want you to, you know, go for a walk for 15 minutes, three times this week. Can you do that? Yeah, I think I can do that. Okay. I'll check in within your week. See how you did. You know, that, and that's how it progresses. So yes. it's customized in that sense. But on the other on the other side of the educational side of things, I'm going to try and step them through because it gets progressively deeper into it. You know, at right. the beginning, what you're going to learn are just basic nutritional things. Yes. At the end, if that's when we're going to talk about potentially uh, intermittent fasting, ketogenic diet. And not that I'm going to ask anyone to engage in those activities, but I want them to be aware of it, you know, because some, someone might come in and say day one, I want to go keto. It's like, okay, well, do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. You know, so. And are you, you down with that? Too. Like if somebody does want, that's kind of their goal. Are you, are you willing to coach them towards that? If that's, you know, oh, absolutely. a little different. Yeah. I, okay. I, like I said, I'm not here to tell you how to do it. I'm here to help you find what works for you. Yes. So if, if, if you think keto is the way to go, we'll try it. If two yeah. weeks go by and, and you're nowhere close to it, then we're going to talk about it and reevaluate it and say, yeah. you know, maybe you're not ready for keto yet. Maybe you should take a step back and we'll work our yeah. way there. Cause keto is not something you can just jump into. Um, right. You know, you need to kind of 
work your way into it. You know, if you've been eating low carb for a period, probably yeah. a few months at least, you might be able to jump into, into keto, but you can't just jump into it from a standard American diet. You'll suffer so much that yes. you'll yes. throw in the towel. Right. You know, so, but the goal is so, lifelong yeah, it, changes. It, pardon? The goal is, you know, we're trying to change our lifestyle, you know? It, exactly. And it has got to be sustainable and it's got to be easy because if you have to work at it, you know, I'm doing something wrong. You know, if, if you have to think, you know, if you have to strain over every time you open the refrigerator doors, you know. But it does take discipline to get in that groove, like you said, like, um, and there's such a difference between like discipline and like you, you were talking about when people say like, you know, I can no longer eat these certain foods, you know, just trying to change our focus of <clears throat> don't focus on what, what you can't have anymore. Focus on the new things that you're introducing into your diet. You know, be creative with your cooking and like challenge yourself to try different things in here. I'm telling you that I, I haven't been very good at that, but, but I mean, to just, I guess it's always like how, like you said, is our interpretation and you know, your, how you, how you're looking at things you know, like you're gaining health, you're gaining energy, you're gaining cognitive clarity. There's so many benefits to it. Don't think of, well, gosh, no, I can't, you know, have Dairy Queen on. You can have anything you want, first of all. There's definitely, you know, it's not 100% or nothing, but it's just, you just gain so many things in your life. And I, I have people who say, you know, friends and stuff that are like, you only live once, I'm not gonna live my life, you know, having to eat good and exercise and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, but, but that's not really the point. The point is it feels good doing it. Like right. your quality of life and your level of energy is really what you probably do want in the end. <laughs> right. You want your quality of life. And it's not like you're suffering. You feel right? good. Yes. And yeah, yeah you, I'm not suffering. I eat right. great. Yeah. I love to cook. Yeah. I cook great meals all the time. You know, people come to my house and they say, oh, this is great. It's like, yeah, it's, and it's, guess what? It's primal. Yeah, you know, there's that's no what I was going to say. No the way you bring dishes to a, a gathering and everybody is loving it and it has nothing to do with them trying to eat a certain way. It's just that it's, it's good, wholesome food. And there are so many ways that you can, you know, make great dishes. I'm not a great cook. I usually lean towards pretty basic, easy things. And I'm okay with that. Like, like I said, I'll make a soup I can eat off for a couple of days. I always try to have a good uh, protein so that I can throw together a salad, you know, and I do try to eat lots of just whole foods. And so, but yeah, I wish I had your talent, but I would be willing to follow some of that and try some of, some of your, you know, quick dessert recipes or main dish recipes, vegetable recipes, especially vegetables, because I don't experiment a whole lot. Like I said, yeah, there's a lot you can do. You know, there's just get creative and just try it. Yes. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll think about that. Okay. Well, I would love to do this again with you, you know, as time goes and, and kind of, I feel like when we get into like the health coaching and working with people, it's, it's kind of interesting to me how things shift, you know, just as you as you're going into your business and, you know, I'm finding different things that I'm kind of drawn to do. And it's not as much of the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, you know, I'm going to do that, you know, in conjunction with a, a kind of a program that I'm putting together just as kind of a way to give clear 
information and debunk some of this old stuff, um, kind of a blueprint in a, in a sense. And so I'm, I'm, I would love to meet back with you in a few months and see what's happening. Yeah, I'd love to come back on. This has been fun. And, you know, if I can, if I can help you move along with your business too, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I would love to come back on. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Chris. I will uh, definitely be airing this probably a week or so from now. And I appreciate your time and all your knowledge. And I want to put a link to your guide. Yeah, thank you. Okay. We will talk soon. All right. Okay. Have a great Bye -bye. day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I really appreciate you tuning in and be sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you know anybody who might benefit from this episode, please feel free to share the link.